almost uh, ready to go see Jesus. And I said, Billy, are you ready to go see Jesus? And he said, boy, he always called me boy. He said, boy, at my age, I'd be a fool not to. And I remembered him saying that and believing that he is in heaven today rejoicing around the throne with the rest of his brothers and sisters. How many want to go to heaven tonight? Amen? Praise God. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. If you'd open your Bibles there. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. The Lord gave me this message, and I preached it once before here, but I felt like it was a timely message that we live in such a wild, crazy world right now with everything seen to be upside down. And so we want to really believe tonight that the Word of God is true. As we read this scripture, I want you to know there's sanity and serving the Lord there is sanity in serving God and this is where we, we make it because we know that our strength is in him not in this system of the world if we believe in the world system you may have to take a lot of pills to get over it but tonight the word of God is true Luke chapter 18 verse 1 Jesus told the disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. You know, I didn't bring the scripture, did I? Don't be able to read it out loud. What did it say? Luke 18, verse 1. You want to read it, Robert? give up in your prayer time never give up you ever lost your keys lost your wallet lost something that's of value that you've been looking frantically all over and you can't find it just a few days ago I had uh, had a set of keys that I had just gotten we just moved into our new apartment and uh, I, I, I could not find my keys I knew I had them and I looked and I went to get coffee and I thought okay I've dropped the keys on the ground I went back where I got coffee and, and it wasn't there. I kept, I kept looking all over in my car to see if you know how that is. You tear things up and pull things out, and the keys were not there. They were just not there. And lo and behold, they were in my pocket. I had a senior moment. But the thing about it was is I just had two keys, and I had other stuff in my pocket. And I didn't realize that I had wound up having them there 
And I felt like a fool, but I thought, okay, Lisa got the keys. Thank God. Thank God. The, the lady's, the widow's persistence paid off. It talks about she didn't give up. You see, if you just keep praying and believing and not giving up, it'll happen. God's timing is not our timing. Let me tell you that right now. We want it today. We're microwave situation. A time we live in is a microwave timetable. We want to have it right now. It's like Pastor said. You stand at the microwave and say, "Okay, hurry up, and get done." But that's the way we are. But God's timing is totally different. So we have to be persistent and believe in God as we're praying. But also we got to be. It's important that we pray specifically for what we need being specific as we pray there was a gentleman that was a, a, a pastor in Arizona and he came to town he was a brand new to the city and he didn't have a good car so he, said, he prayed and said Lord would you give me a car and he said he drove that car for about a week and the crazy thing just died and wasn't any good and he said, he asked the Lord, he said, now, I asked you for a car. What happened? He said, well, you didn't ask what kind of car. You just said, get a car. So, you know, unfortunately, the car he got was not the one he should have had, and God blessed him with another car that was great. But you have to be specific when you pray. Don't just generalize it because he's a very specific God. I've used these illustration before here, and I've showed you on offering time about praying specifically for your finances and how God can open up windows of heaven and doors open and that you can't understand where that money came from. And uh, I believe that being specific is important in praying the prayer of faith and believing that God will supply our need. Amen? But the, I, had, uh, I was five years old. I may be six. And my father uh, worked in an oil field, and he, he had a big old rig, and he took it out and drilled wells. And, and uh, that day, uh, I wanted to go on a Saturday. A lot of times I'd go on Saturday with him to act like I was really working so I'd get me some oil on my face and my hands and look like the rest of them. I was not doing anything, but I wanted to look like the rest of them that got oil all of them. So my dad said, well, today you just stay home but I want you to do something for me. I want you to paint my tools. Now, what he meant was, I want you to take this green uh, paint and paint the handles of my tools. He was a tool nut. He loved tools. And he had this uh, hammer, saw, and something else. I forget what it was. That's going back 61 years, and I can't remember that far back. But he had, he had showed me, he said, I want you, here's a, here's a quart of paint and it was lime green paint and it was uh, it wasn't enamel it was oil based and he said I want you to paint the tools for me and when I get home I'll, I'll, I'll look at them well my mistake was and his mistake was I painted the whole tools and he said to paint the he didn't tell me to paint the handles but he thought I knew enough at five years old to not paint the rest of the tool now, that was okay with a hammer, which I brought many times before, and I've showed you the green paint after 65 or 61 years is still on the hammer because oil-based paint. Now, the funny part about it for me it was 
he didn't get mad and I, he didn't upset it and cuss or scream or holler but uh, I remember him back when he talked about it later in years that I painted his handsaw also now if you're a carpenter or you've seen anybody's saw with a handsaw oil based paint is not going to cut through wood but he, he, uh, he, he just told me to do it he didn't say how to do it so it's important to remember this when you're believing and you're praying let that be specific and you're being specific in your prayers don't give up on what God's got for you don't give up in life you may have something in your life that you're praying for right now and you're saying I really 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 need an answer for God there was this lady who was a her husband was a movie star and uh, she uh, and him grew further apart and become very um, very bad in their relationship and she, uh, she was a Christian and he wasn't so she began to pray oh God would you restore my husband's uh, back to me because I am not uh, wanting to let go of him I want him to be married to me they've already started uh, divorce papers the divorce went through through he was off doing his thing with other women and all kinds of things going on as a lot of people in movie stars do well she was home in her mansion believing God for her husband to come back home the story goes and I've heard her tell it, a story about it but she was believing that she was going to have him back as a husband in the home so every single night she would set a table for him at the table and she'll be eating there and she'd see across the table would be his plate his silverware his knife his spoon and uh, she would just keep believing and she put her faith and said I'm going to keep believing for him to be at this table one day well three years went by can you imagine many of us would give up the first week but she kept believing and praying three years, three, day, three years later a knock on the door and it was him at the door he said she said I've been waiting for you and the miracle was they've been married now for 40 something years after that happened so you see God God can simply know where you're at in your prayer life and he will bring those things to pass that you're believing for even if it takes three years my mama was a woman of God she loved and she loved God didn't she she loved God one day dust pastor Dustin and and pastor Blake went out to the ranch where my mom was living and Dustin always reminded me of this years later that my mom was singing mom and dad were singers they they had a lot of talent they sang together even on the radio in our hometown but mom would sing this song and pastor Dustin just loved it loved her singing this beautiful song it says don't give up you're on the brink of a miracle now some of you may not have heard that and more than likely most of you haven't I heard her sing it and actually I never knew where it came from I began to research 
and it's an old song. I tried to pull it up. I pulled it up and researched it on, on the Internet, and I finally found some old dude that's about 100 years old singing it, but it's an old song, and I, I copied the words down to it. It says, don't give up. You're on the brink of a miracle. Don't give in. God is still on the throne. Don't give up. On the brink. You're on the brink of a miracle. Don't give up. Remember, you're not alone. When Satan would have you look at the trials of life that surround you and he tries to appear and bring doubt and fear all around you, don't look with the eye or listen with your ear. Just cry out, Lord, he is always near. In your darkest, darkest hour, your miracle is here. The devil's a thief, and he sends those troubles to confound you. And he lies and says, this time, there's no way you can find to make it through, a way to make it through. Remember God's true word, the battle is the Lord's. Don't give in to fear. Think on things that are pure. Praise the Lord, your miracle is here. Amen? A powerful song. And there's another song that was a beautiful one. It says, don't give up. Keep believing. You don't know. Rather, now don't you give up. Keep believing. Don't you give up. There's victory in the end. And you're going to win. Just don't give up. I love these words of these songs. Some of the old hymns that were written many years ago, and a lot of the old songs uh, were written through trials and tribulations and problems that we that people went through to write these there are many stories of the old hymns and uh, I'm not saying we should would, should sing hymns but uh, I think it's important that we realize that a lot of the songs are birthed out of it, it situations and problems and trials as Christians we cannot give up through life's journey we've got to Stay strong. He never promised us a rose garden. Never did. But he always promised it to be there for us. He almost prom always promised. Tell your neighbor, don't give up. That was pretty weak. Tell your neighbor, don't give up. Amen. Think back on your life. Have you given up and wished you had waited and not ended up doing what you did and giving up? Maybe it was a marriage. Maybe it was a job. Maybe it was a business. Maybe if you just hung in there a little bit longer, you could have done it. I took six months of piano from my teacher when I was nine years old. I remember her name, Miss Young. I walked four blocks to her house every afternoon for six months. And I, all I can remember now is where the key of C is on the piano. I did, never took. I never did, uh, was able to play the piano. Now, not like my granddaughters. They can sit there and play the piano beautifully or the keyboard, play the drums, play the guitar. I was always musically challenged. Maybe if I'd have hung in there, I could have done better. But I gave up. Giving up is a never an option for a Christian. There's a story about the African queen. It's an old movie back in the 1950s that was starring two stars. I won't even tell you who they are because nobody's old enough to even probably have seen it before. But it was a story about a man and a woman. They were traveling down this African river. 
and this river was known to be very, very dangerous. As they were traveling down the river, they were going to rapids over deep rivers and up, up over drops, big drops and things. As they're going over there, they're, they're realizing that their life could be perishing any minute. It was so dangerous. And they said even the people around there, the, the natives said, that's a place where you basically you're going to die. But they kept on going. They kept on rowing it. It was about a 30-foot boat. As they're going along there, they really realized that they had gotten so tired that they had to realize they had given up. They gave up. And so they're both laying there in the boat, and the camera comes up close to them. And they're basically, I'm not sure, you couldn't tell in the movie right away whether they were dead or alive because they were laying there and they had some water on them and they were just, you know, bad shape. But it began to rain and pour. And the scene shows the water coming down. And as it did, the movie camera panned back and it showed out front on the other side of the reeds, only about 100 yards, was the ocean. But they were stuck in the weeds, in the reeds. They were stuck in there. They could not see any way out, so they just gave up. But the rain came and floated the boat up, and it washed it out over that reed area, and so they could look over and see the ocean. They were so surprised when they saw that because they gave up. They just, thank God, they, they were out of there. Matthew 9, a woman had been struggling with health problems, the issue of blood for 12 years. After she realized that there was no other way out and quit, she went to all the doctors, spent all the money. She really realized that she had only one thing to do. She couldn't give up. She had to go touch the hem of the garment of Jesus. And you know the story, she was healed. Galatians 6, 9 tells us at the proper time, if you will not give up, you'll reap a harvest. Just don't give up. We have been waiting patiently as a farmer for the harvest to come. I can only imagine, I've seen the harvest. I've seen where they planted the wheat and over a period of time before harvest time, that wheat begins to break through the ground and grow, but they can't see it immediately because it's underneath the dirt the seed is germinating later on it comes up and becomes wheat and then the harvest comes the combine comes and they go ahead and harvest the wheat so sometimes we have to wait that's no fun is that a five, four letter word that's another four letter word Someone said being defeated is temporary, but giving up is permanent. Let me say it one more time. Someone said being defeated is often temporary, but giving up makes it permanent. You can think of many people who have failed over the years. Thomas Edison, they didn't give up. There are many stories out there. Walt Disney, for one. Walt Disney was told in school, they didn't have an imagination. Can you imagine Walt Disney, Disneyland, Disney World? Didn't have no imagination, but he didn't give up. 
Sometimes you can miss an opportunity for God to move and God to give blessings to you. There's a story about a gentleman that uh, was asking another guy, said, would you please take a ride with me? And Walter was one of the guy's names, and Arthur was the other guy's name. He said, would you take a ride with me in the country? He said, well, they were friends, and they knew each other for years. And so he said, would you take a ride with me? It's going to take about an hour. He said, sure. They went out and drove for an hour into this area that was totally, totally nothing in sight. So Walter said to the author, I've got an idea. I want you to invest some money. He said, are you crazy? He said, invest in money in this area here maybe 30, 40, 50 years down the road, and I'll be dead. There's no way in the world I'm going to invest money in it. Well, you, he missed an opportunity. Arthur missed a wonderful opportunity because Walter was Walt Disney, and the guy didn't invest in Walt Disney, in Disneyland, in California. So you see, sometimes you can miss it by not listening to God. Job didn't give in or give up or give out. Even when his wife says, curse God. He didn't give up. He didn't give in and he didn't give out. He had everything destroyed, everything taken from him. But at the end, he got doubled for his trouble. Amen? Don't give in. Don't let anyone attempt you, attempt you to give in. Don't, don't get, let anyone tempt you to do things in life that you shouldn't do. How many want to be a God pleaser? Pleasing God is what it's all about. Being, making him happy. There's too many times that we give in and we make mistakes in life and I know I'm the only one here that's ever made a mistake. But the great part of it is that Jesus is there to forgive us for our mistakes. Amen? When I was a young man of about 22 years old, I was working for a corporation, and I'd become somewhat successful. And I had some great bosses of mine that were very successful also. And those men, one, one of them, two of them were my uncles, who I adored and loved and thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I, I mimicked myself and my life after him many, many years. Well, at about 22 years old, I got promoted, making a lot of money for back then. And these old guys would, on a Saturday night, go in the office and they'd tell me, do me a favor, go up up front and get us some cigars and come back in the back here and bring them to me while they're working on some paperwork. So I did this and week after week, month after month, and I got so mad because I wasn't part of that group. I just got me a cigar myself and lit it up. And being a non-smoker, I coughed and hacked. 
the next time I did it again and pretty soon I got to where I kind of liked it never smoked a cigarette in my life I'm going to put myself on blast now is that okay I won't ask you what you did wrong all right but it led to seven years of smoking cigars eight to ten a day very very bad habit to do never did drugs never did alcohol now don't know what alcohol tastes like hadn't had a drop but I love my cigars it's been 38 years ago since I've smoked one and if it wasn't for the fact I knew I'd be in trouble I'd do one right now Amen. Not, I'm not in trouble with pastor. I'm talking about trouble with the Lord. Because he might forgive me, but the Lord, you know, I mean, I've got to stay away from that stuff. And I, I realize, and I will tell you a secret. I'll tell you a funny story. I was taught at an early age, don't do anything. Everything was a sin when I was growing up. I mean, everything was a sin. I... There was a, there was, I think there was a sign in the back of the, the, back of the church that says no. <laughs> and they, you did anything wrong, they just looked back there and looked at the sign, no. And we, we couldn't play cards. My mom and dad never had a card in the house. They thought you were going to hell if you had a stack of cards, playing cards. My dad was so, so serious about keeping the seventh day holy. He wouldn't even wash his car. He wouldn't do nothing except go to church. He was a worship leader. He'd go to church, work for the Lord on Sunday, go home, never did anything on Sunday. I mean, going to what we call back in the day a picture show, you probably never heard it's called movies. Back home, we called it a picture show. We couldn't go to the movies. Matter of fact, there was two movie theaters in town. One was about a block from the church, it's like you'd go by there and it was like, you know, there's no way in the world I could ever go into a movie. I was 14 years old before I walked into a movie. And it was called Ben-Hur. They're making a new one now. But it came out in the late 50s called Ben-Hur. One of my dad's brothers said, I'm going to take him to the movie. Dad says, uh-uh. He said, well, now it's a Christian movie. He said, don't worry about it all. I know it's okay. I've seen it. At 14 years old, I got to go to my first movie. But you know what? It's okay. It put something in me today that I can tell you without a, a doubt in my mind. I don't watch many movies. If I do, they're pretty good movies. I'll tell you that. I saw a couple of wrong ones, and I, I can't go into that one. <laughs> but we got to watch what we let dictate to us. You see, my boss influenced me. He didn't tell me to light that cigar up, but he did influence me. you got to be careful, young people, not to get influenced by people around you. Old people, too. we got to watch ourselves. We're still sinners saved by grace. Amen? So we can make mistakes, too. I, I, I think it's important that we we realize we live in a culture that's crazy. I mentioned earlier, we're upside down. This is the craziest world I've ever seen. Today, you can, you can 
just imagine what happens in school. I worked at a Christian school for nine years, a Christian school. One day, they called me and said, there's a boy and a girl in the restroom, and I don't think they're holding hands. And come to find out, they had locked the door from inside. We didn't know it even locked. And they were in there doing their thing. Their thing. But see, today in school, it's totally different when I grew up. And I'm not saying I'm an old guy, but I've been around long enough to know that when we went to school in grade school and junior high and high school, that we would get sent home if we didn't dress properly. When I was in junior high, I remember one of my friends, he didn't have a belt on. His shirt wasn't tucked in. And they sent him home. Go home, boy, and get dressed up and come back correctly. Now, I'm a little amazed today. I've seen, uh, I know my daughter, granddaughter Destiny and Christian went to Lake Dallas School, and I don't know how good a school it is, but there's some pretty good-looking kids in there. Kids, and not all kids going to go to hell. There's some good kids out there. Amen? I think people think that all the kids in high school are bound for hell. But I tell you what's so amazing to me is seeing how some of these kids dress I, I, you know what's bad is when you, when you, and I'm, this, I'm not off my subject. I'm going to stay on a minute. I'm still in the line here. But sometimes it's hard when you can't tell if it's a boy or a girl. And, and sometimes, see, today don't make any difference. They can go to the restroom of their choice. But it's so crazy because boys dress like girls and girls dress like boys and they're just a bunch of nuts, I'm telling you. Sometimes boys look like sissies. Yep. But back on the subject of staying close to God and not letting yourself be influenced by crazy things. See, all the fads come from California. Do you know that? And you know what San Francisco is. That's all I'm going to say about that. But California is, was next to Arizona. So all the nutty, crazy dressing thing, the way people dressed, and men and women came to Arizona first before it got to here. So we saw all kinds of weird stuff. And they would try this on the teachers, and they would try to say, I'm going to wear this. No, no, you're not either. We need to give the remote control to God in our lives. Don't try to control things. Don't give up and don't give out. In Galatians, Paul said, Let us not become weary, weary in well-doing, for in proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. You may be praying for somebody in your family right now, and you're just about to give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep believing for them. Jesus told his disciples in Mark 6.31 to come aside. Get up by yourself before you come apart. We've got to spend time with the Lord and rest in the Lord and renew ourselves. And I'm so proud of you all for coming to church on Wednesday night. I'm proud of you guys coming to church all the time. It's important for you to realize this is a house of God and it's a family. We are a family. I was talking to someone recently, and they called me up and said, I need help 
with this situation. Is anybody in church can help me? And I said, well, you know, the benefits of having being in church is you have a family that can help you when you get in trouble. It's always amazing to me when they want the church when they got problems, but they don't want to come to it to get discipled. So I just told them, well, I wish I could help you. And the situation you're in, you're in because you got into that. And I'll pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to believe and trust God that it's going to come through this. And it's going to do well. You're, get, you're going to get everything lined up and everything's going to go well. But we don't have anybody in our church that can handle your problem. If you come down the altar, though, when you come to church, we'll all lay hands on you and pray. And believe God will deliver you from those demonic spirits. And they were demonic. We need to renew our strength, Isaiah 40, 31, but they, that, they, that they wait upon the Lord and shall renew their strength. Wait is a rest, resting in the expectation. Resting in the expectation is waiting. They that wait or rest in expectancy upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Don't give up. Don't give in and don't give out. Robert, amen. That's your that's your signal. We're doing a thing here. We we can't burn out like a bulb. A bulb doesn't produce light, and a burnout Christian doesn't either. That's why it's important for us to be in church. It's why it's important for us to meet together. In Hebrews 12, 1, it says there, that there is a race that's set before us that we're to run. <clears throat> we can finish strong if we don't give out. In Galatians 6, 9, says in due season, we'll reap if we don't give out. Aren't you glad that Jesus never gave up on us? Aren't you glad that when he was carrying that cross on the Via Della Rosa, the road of suffering, that he didn't give up. He kept going. As he's carrying that cross bloody on his shoulder, aren't you glad he didn't give up? When he got on the cross, aren't you glad he didn't give up? He gave up the ghost eventually, but that was after he had suffered on the cross. When he fell down, he could have called angels to pick that cross up. But he bore the cross for us. Now, tonight I've given you a lot of don'ts, that four-letter word. I'm going to give you a do. Do give in to the tugging of the Spirit on your heart when he's tugging your heart as Lord and Savior of your life. Give in to that. Give in to being at church. Give in to prayer. Give in to stay in the course that we'll finish strong. Do give up running from God. He's calling you if you'll answer. I believe all my heart tonight that many of you have been places 
in your life where you've said, I can't take it anymore. I can't do this anymore. On several occasions, I've felt that same way. I don't know that I can do this anymore. I've got to be able to get an answer. I've got to get some relief from this stress and these problems. See, stress can kill you. I was in my 30s, successful, working. I'd work 70 hours a week, making good money. But I could not enjoy it because I was too tired. The stress got to me. I think I was 35 or 36, and I thought I had a heart attack. But all it was was stress. As a musician has come forward tonight, I want to encourage you in something. Do let the Lord minister to you in your life. Let the Lord guide you. Let the Lord strengthen you. Let the Lord help you. If you have a situation and problem that you need help with, call your brothers and sisters and say, I need help. I need prayer. That's what we're here for. Stand with me if you would tonight. Praise the Lord. I hope the word spoke to you tonight. Don't give up. Don't give in and don't give out. But just the last part of that giving out is giving out before you finish the course and saying, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to make it. I can't make it. Yeah, you can. Just like that coach was cheerleading on Jesus and saying, come on, you can make it. You can do it. You can, whatever you need to do, you can do it. Praise God. Tonight I know that we're all here. We love the Lord. I know we have asked Jesus in our hearts. I know we've all said the sinner's prayer. I know every one of you. I know that your heart is pure before the Lord tonight. Aren't you glad you're on your way to heaven? Amen. His mercy and His grace are powerful. Great is His faithfulness. Tonight I want to tell you, God is on our side. No matter how crazy things get, if we stay close to Him and trust and believe in Him, He will do what He said He'll do. No matter what anybody else says. Amen? Let's make our way to the altar tonight and pray. Spend some time believing tonight that if you still have something you're battling over, you're battling, just believe God that you can hold out and stay strong. Praise God. Thank you.
Lord. Just give him praise tonight. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. We thank you, Lord. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. You're glorious. We bless your holy name tonight, God. Yes, Lord, we praise you. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you, God, for the faithful people, God, in this house. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing power of the Holy Spirit, God, we felt in this place. Bless us as we go tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. Shake some hands, hug some necks. Praise God as you go.